Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, Reddy and John Cadell with us. John, I suppose he's a star of British radio, but he would have been well-known to Irish people from Top of the Pops. I see the uh, unexpected death of Steve Wright has been announced. Yeah, one of the BBC radio giants, very, very influential uh, presenter and... Of course, uh, Steve Wright in the afternoon was the name of the show, and he was he he sort of helmed the afternoons on BBC Radio for decades. Uh, passed away. Uh, reports just coming out about an hour ago uh, at the age of sixty nine. Okay, let's talk about all of the gigs that are coming to Dublin over the summer, and this is big for those who like their rock hard. I think uh, D ACDC in Croke Park, Pearl Jam in Marley Park. Yeah, I mean two massive announcements coming in thick and fast. So ACDC um, are, as you say, uh, it's part of their European tour. Power up! They're going to be playing in Croke Park. It's part of that tour which is 21 dates across 10 countries um, and uh, the tickets are going on sale do, 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 let me see for you now this Friday. Friday this Friday yeah and the gig itself is actually on Saturday the 17th of August so the tickets are sorry is that not Electric Picnic weekend yeah yeah, yeah it is Electric Picnic sold out though isn't it so this is a consolation prize for those who don't uh, have no, the tickets no I, I, I would Jesus. I would have said they've different enough. Yeah, different different <clears throat> audiences you'd imagine. But although ACDC, like they, you know, they, they're never shy of playing the three chords, but they're you know for what they do, they're one oh, yeah. of the best in the world. Even Absolutely. still, even still, because they never really broke away from their template. I don't think ACDC have any ballads. They also refuse to do a greatest hits album. Um, so they're sort of like they're pretty staunch in their in their rock. But you know the the riffage you cannot argue with. And, the, of course, the, the, the voice of Brian Johnson and before him, Bon Scott, you know, just screaming rock and roll. Well, let's get an example. Shot in the dark. ACDC. Do you think that'll sell out Crow Park? Yep. Ah, yeah. I mean, did they not, like, was Back in Black not the best-selling album by any artist ever? Like... It's up there with Thriller, yeah. Yeah. Just millions and millions of sales. That's 43 years ago now, but, you know, they're they're iconic. They are. In the world of rock, they are iconic. And all the people that would have been complaining 10 years ago about Electric Picnic being too modern and not having enough rock bands can go to this now. There you are. Yeah. There you go. Everyone's yeah. happy. Yeah. That said, I'd be more interested in Pearl Jam in Marley Park on the 22nd of June. Yeah, that was literally just announced about yeah. two hours ago along with a new album called Dark Matter. So, yeah, it's been, what, five, six years since Pearl Jam have been here and about the same since they've released a new album, uh, although I, I am willing to, to be standard corrected on that. Uh, this but is yeah, their 12th studio album. Their 12th. It's called Dark Matter. Yeah, yeah Dark, it's coming out on April 19th. Coming out April 19th. So yeah, so the tickets are hefty enough. They're going to start at 117 euro. 
Okay, well, I mean, I guess Pearl Jam fans will pay it because yeah. they have very, very loyal fans. They're also one of the only, um, like, originally you're a grunge band still standing. Like, if you think Stone Temple Pilots, yeah, uh, gone. Um, Nirvana, and I see the guests gone, as well, Richard Curtain. Ashcroft and the Murder Capital. And the Murder so Capital. it's a good lineup. Yeah, that definitely be, is better. And yeah. interestingly, Glenn Hansard is going to be supporting them on their North American, their second leg, North American leg, but not in Ireland. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And then Arcade Fire are also coming back to Dublin. Yes, indeed. Um, another one that was announced um, just last week, or within the last week, since we've last spoken anyway. Um, so this is a 20th anniversary tour of their debut studio album, uh, Funeral. Um, so safe to say a lot of people will be very, very happy about that one. Um, it's It'll be almost 20 years mm-hmm. since that came out, came yeah. out in 2004. Um, so, and uh, the tickets, now when are they going on sale? Well, I'll tell you who's also, Echo and the Bunnymen are playing yeah. support, which yeah. will get a lot of people along as well. This is on to Malahide. Uh, let's hear a little bit from the album Funeral Rebellion. everywhere around certainly a terrific album but I have to ask you I mean has Wim Butler the front man been uncancelled yeah I mean it's it's funny because that came out in August 22 when they were playing in Dublin because um, I remember we were talking about mm. whether people would not go and it's something that like basically what had happened just as a reminder for people he was accused of sexual misconduct by four people uh, between the ages of 18 and 23 years old at the time of their interactions with him that would have happened in between 2015 and 2020 and they basically had all accused of him of inappropriate behaviour it was it was Pitchfork magazine wasn't it, it was. done a, a but big exposure nothing happened after nothing this, happened after um, well there was one other person came forward af- not long after it and then it really just seemed to disappear mm. um, as a story he came out he apologised um, he said he, you know he did apologise to anyone who he has hurt um, but that he maintained that all his contact with the accusers was consensual hmm. do you know when Pearl Jammer last year according to a listener John go on 2010 what yeah wow. would have been the Free Arena or the Point Depot as it might have been at that point 14 years ago really yeah I did not think it was that long I know it actually makes sense because a friend of mine I remember a few years ago saying every year he keeps hoping for Pearl Jam to come back well now and he's been waiting and waiting and waiting his year has come it has and that's the set 22nd of June okay now let's talk a little bit about other things Uh, what about Beyonce's appearance at the Super, Super Bowl advert because she has two tracks in the second act of her Renaissance project coming out. Mm. Um, let's hear a little bit of Texas Hold'em. There's a tornado.
Lemonade, because remember that song Daddy Lessons on uh, Lemonade, because there was a huge controversy at the time where she had tried to submit it to the Grammys in the country music section, that song, and she wasn't actually allowed, uh, which a lot of people felt was just because she didn't look like a country and western star. Um, And even some of the the way people are talking about this, where they're saying it's country themed, like if it's a country record, it's a country record, she is a Texas girl after all. Mm. Yeah, I, I like it. Bit of a bop. It sounded really good. I really like it, yeah. So she's going more country now than Taylor Swift. Well, people are, like, being cynical and saying that she's trying to sort of, um, to, uh, because Taylor Swift have has what they call country bona feeds, as in she's paid her dues mm-hmm. in country, that Beyonce is now trying to match Taylor Swift because... But and where does Miley Cyrus come in and all that? Well, I mean, she's 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 the one that really has... Yeah, has and the, the crossover of the yeah. country. But, yeah. like, didn't she said when, when Renaissance, the original album, came out, she said that it was part of a three-act project. Mm. And that, and, and very much Renaissance, the first album, kind of reclaimed dance music um, uh, that had, had been had been originally a, a, a black musical genre. And so now this, I mean, there's, there's people saying that this is likely to be trying to do the same for, for country music and that the third act may indeed be rock and roll because all of these genres do have their roots in, in black American music. Mm. We didn't see as much of her though at Super Bowl as we did at Taylor Swift, did we, in the crowd? I didn't watch the Super Bowl, you, Bowl, any of it, but, you know... Do you know, I haven't, I haven't checked this, but I saw online somebody saying that, they, that, that uh, they'd, they'd done a check, and there was actually only, if you counted it up, 54 seconds of Taylor in the entire thing, but that people have been talking about it so oh, much. But they and kept flashing to her, yeah, three yeah, seconds yeah. a time. That's yeah. 18 goals, like, you know. But yeah. Taylor Swift MVP was trending anyway on yeah. the morning. So. And Blue Ivy performed with Usher. I have to admit, I fast-forwarded through the entire halftime. Did you? Yes, I watched the following morning, so... You I can't only be saying that the during the music, slot, man. I know, I'm sorry, but I didn't have time and stuff. Anyway, um, actually, I see Shania Twain talking of country is coming back, and she's going head-to-head with Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, I mean, Tay-Tay, again, could not be more sold out. Yeah. So if you missed out tickets for Taylor Swift, you may like to take yourself along to see Shania Twain. As the woman herself would say, let's go, girls. Let's go, girls, yeah. So, ah. like, Because Taylor Swift is in the Aviva yeah. on the Lansdowne Road, the 28th, 29th and 30th of June. But Shania Twain is going to be that first night at Malahide Castle. Yeah, and that'll be a great night out. And I would say don't leave it till the week of to buy your glittery Statsons. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going. She was here only last year. Advance. She was in the Three Arena last year and by all accounts it was a phenomenal gig so yeah I mean she just brings the good time she's class yeah. and it's the same tour isn't it the Queen yeah. of May yeah. yeah yeah. okay um, tell us about kneecaps row with the British government D this is really really interesting Matt so basically the uh, kneecaps um, had, had applied for funding under the music export growth scheme uh, from the UK government so it's a government backed initiative it offers grants of up to £50,000 to UK registered mu- um, music companies to promote artists in overseas markets and their grant that they had actually um, been um, been promised was said to be worth £15,000 uh, 
pounds and had been awarded by an independent selection board. The grant had been approved. Um, and the group have now come forward on social media to say that they had just been informed that their application for the scheme had been, which, as we saw, was approved, had been blocked by the British government who overruled the independent selection board. So if that is true, so the, the UK business secretary, Kemi Badenoch... This is, this is mental. This is wild. Like, it's reported to have said that they didn't want to give taxpayers money to people that oppose the United Kingdom itself. Now, that being said, if, it, if that is the case, that they blocked it and it's something that they've never done for any other artist, they could actually be in contravention of the um, Good Friday Agreement, <coughs> amongst other things, which is absolutely wild. It's crazy. Wild. Yeah. yeah. I don't like your songs. I don't like what you're writing about, so you're not getting the money. You know, it's like, it's, pro- it's protest songs, pure and simple. You know, just because Kemi Badenoch doesn't appreciate. And, you know, on a surface level, you can take his point. I mean, you can understand why he thinks that, but it's just... No, but there was one, there was one um, SDLP leader, and Colm Eastwood made a really good point, which was, it would be unacceptable if the British government had instituted a policy of defunding groups because they support Irish unity, Scottish independence, Welsh independence, or any other change to the constitutional Mm. status quo. Because that's not what Irish is meant to do, let's face it. We've lots of other things to talk about, but let's get a bit more music first. Dee, tell us about your pick of the week, please, which I'm interested in because, well, tell us about Driven Snow. Yeah, so this is really interesting, Matt. Yeah, so it's the debut album from husband and wife duo Driven Snow. Um, people won't probably know the band that well yet, but hopefully they'll they'll get to know them through this album. Kieran McGuinness and Emily Aylmer. Sorry, can I just say Kieran McGuinness, who used once to be the sound desk up here on the last Yeah, board? I know, right? And uh, such, such a great guy. But he was also, aside from doing that, Matt, he was also the lead singer of De Laurentos. And yes. then um, Emily, uh, who's his wife, used to be in Republic of Loose. So two very, very different but very successful Irish bands in their own rights. So they've come together now under the under the name Driven Snow and they've just released their debut album, uh, which is great. Uh, and this track that we've picked for you this evening is Flickers of You. You say I'm diamond. It's really nice stuff, um, and you can see their 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 different musical influences coming through on the whole album as well. They're playing Little Whelan's in Dublin on February sixteenth and seventeenth, so I'd say that'd be a good one to go along to. I'm going to forgive you, John, that you've gone back to reissues of old stuff again because you have picked an absolutely standout mm. classic track mm. for us to hear. And you're surprised? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, first of all, um, it's Stevie Nicks. And there's just been released a three-disc live collection called Spellbound. So there's a gig from 1981, from 1989 and 1991. And the reason I picked this song, first of all, because it's incredible. But it's really sort of rockied up 
and they played a lot faster and far more aggressively. This is from uh, 1989, a version of Edge of 17, Stevie Nicks and her band. Is it off the way sometimes a lot of gigs they're just literally replaying what might be on the album? Mm. Or at least with that, that's almost like getting into the mood of a live gig yeah. and just driving it forward. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's about 1.2 times as fast as it is on the record. And there's a massive sense of urgency. It's it's brilliant. It's it's the best version I've heard of Edge of 17, including this original studio version. It's just brilliant. Okay. Um, tell us for Rock and, Ho- Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations. Uh, the late Sinead O'Connor nominated. Uh, posthumous nominations, does that happen very often? I'm not sure, actually. Like, as far as I was aware, that you, you, it was just that you became eligible for induction 25 years after the release of your first record. So I would have imagined mm. that that meant that there'd been posthumous... Yeah, I mean, John Lennon's in... Yeah. John Lennon's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So apparently there's 15 acts nominated, but it'll be whittled down to an undetermined smaller number in April. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's, it's quite a diverse range of people and genres that, oh, despite it being the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so you've got Mariah Carey, Cher, Oasis, Foreigner, Ozzy Osbourne and Mary J. Blige in there as well. Um, Glad you said that rather than me. Why? Mary J. Blige. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, sure, it's it's you know. I, I don't believe uh, though that Liam Gallagher is particularly interested in it. That's because he actually is rock and roll. Um, he has it right. You can't imagine that Robert Johnson. He's on, also not willing. So. Ro- Robert Johnson on his deathbed would have said, "I hope someday that they'll have a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because that's what I did all this for." Because Oasis is one of the fifteen nominees as well. Yeah, but he's not bothered. He says Noel will probably go because he likes hanging around with celebrities. But he said it's a load of old cobblers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Liam, uh, who is You'd actually... You'd be with rock- him in that, wouldn't you? Ah, you, you know I am. You know, I, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is like the most un-rock and roll thing possible. It's so, it's so ironic that it exists. Like, people giving out little trinkets to massively influential artists. Um, what about the intergenerational battle between Rod Stewart and Ed Sheeran? <laughs> Rod Stewart saying Ed Sheeran's music won't stand the test of time. I mean, he apparently has nothing like Maggie May in his, his canon, Ed Sheeran. I, I mean, I can't say I disagree with him. <clears throat> and like he was, he basically what he was asked was, and it's it's not quite fair because I don't think he actually meant to call out Ed Sheeran. Um, he was asked what artists he thought would stand the test of time. And he said, you mean like Maggie May, where people are listening to them in 50 years time. And then um, 
he said, oh, I like what's-his-name. <clears throat> and the, the person interviewing him suggested that what's-his-name might be Ed Sheeran. And he said, no, I don't know any of his songs, the old ginger bleep, uh, which is very Rod Stewart. Bit, well, of, a, bit of a but joke. But he likes George and he, Ezra. That, and, and it then came out that he was actually thinking of George Ezra and that he, he thinks he writes really tremendous songs. So to be fair to Rod, he didn't mean to drag Ed Sheeran no, into it. It's also, it's impossible to forecast these things because as Sammy Hagar famously sang, only time will tell if we stand the test of time. Now, Deep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, tell us about TikTok's battle with Universal Music over copyright. Oh, well, yeah, this, this story is, uh, is still going on. Mm. Um, the Universal pulled all of their uh, music from the TikTok app. Now, I, I don't know who wins from this because, I mean, TikTok is the way that so many younger people are exposed to not only new music but also classic tracks. Um, TikTok wanted to pay a certain amount for the licenses. Universal wanted more. TikTok weren't given in. So Universal pulled their music. I'm, you know, there's probably a deal to be done and I would imagine a deal will be done. Um, but I don't think anybody wins in this scenario. But I, you would imagine that the Universal need TikTok a little bit more than TikTok need Universal because they still have all the other copyrighted music. Yeah, well, but, can, but can Universal let TikTok away with getting stuff on the cheap? And other other license holders will be watching to see if Universal get a, a more preferential deal for their artists, which would be great if that and happened. But the thing for TikTok is, which is really problematic for them, is because th- their ecosystem was set up to allow for licensed music to be used within it, they're now in the um, near impossible position of having to kind of retrospectively remove it, yeah, which yeah. isn't easily done. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dear Eddie and John Cadell, for being with us as ever for our weekly music chat. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty. Today.